are listening to KFCF Fresno, streaming everywhere at kfcf.org. The time is 5 o'clock. It is the third Friday of the month, and it is time for a queer thing. It sure sounds like the third Friday of the month to me. Dennis up in the studio filling in for Tiff. Hello, all. Hello. I don't quite have my Elton John glasses on, but I'm trying to (laughs) get as good as I Okay. (laughs) Some lights around. We'll get you some lights to go around them. It'll be good. So thank you, guys. Welcome. Uh, Thank you for coming back to It's a Queer Thing on KFCF 88.8. 88.1, sorry, on the third Friday of every month. And just a quick reminder, this radio station and all of its programs are listener-supported. That's listener-supported listeners like you. Between COVID and all the supply chain issues, the cost of doing everything has gone up, as I'm sure you know, So, and that includes running the radio station. We would love your support in keeping this programming here at KFCF going. So if you'd like to make a monthly pledge, you can do so at kfcf.org. Just click that big old donate button. You're also welcome to mail a check to the office at P.O. Box 4364, Fresno, California, 93744. Every little bit helps, and we really appreciate your support. And another quick note before we begin, feel free to email us your comments and your questions at itsaqueerthing at gmail.com. We promise to read every email, and your emails might be part of a future episode. So you got ideas for a show, you got something you want to say, you, something you want to ask us, please do so. Yep, again, that's it. It's a queer thing, T H A N G, at gmail.com. Okay, so let's, uh, we got a lot of show again this month. Let's just jump right in. So, Chris, can you introduce us to our first interview guest? Yeah, so we are here with Carlene Mendez of Westcare. Hi, Carlene. Hi, Chris. Thank you for coming. We haven't seen you here before. Why don't you tell us about what your title is at Westcare? Okay, so I'm the program director for the living room. Okay. Can you tell us what Westcare does? Overview of what they do. Yeah. So Westcare is a 501c3. It's a nonprofit organization, and um, they provide a variety of services and resources. Um, we are currently in 16 states and three U.S. territories. Um, we provide um, substance abuse treatment, um, veteran services, adolescent services. There's the health and wellness programs like the living room and um, beat behavioral education and treatment. We have a medical a medication assisted treatment program, um, housing resources. So yeah, we are. We're providing uh, a variety of services. And how are you funded? We are funded through um, multiple multiple funding sources. Um, many of our programs are funded primarily through um, through grants, uh, federal and local. Um, and then we have our our treatment based programs are. Um, Primarily funded through, um, we have um, correction CDCR like funding and um, drug medical. And do you take uh, donations from the public? Um, hmm. yes, we do. Okay. So you said the living room. What what is the living room? What does it do? And how is it connected to HIV and AIDS? Because I see those signs and I've seen that around town. Mm-hmm. So the living room is an HIV resource center. It is the longest running drop-in HIV drop-in center um, 
for people that are either living with um, that are living with HIV or AIDS. Um, we provide and specifically there we provide um, we provide uh, support groups. We provide uh, case management, housing resources. We have a food pantry program that runs out of out of the living room. Um, like I said, we're a drop-in center, so people, folks, only folks that are um, infected with HIV or AIDS, they can come in and they can um, they can access like our. We have a computer there. They can hang out in the living room. There's always coffee coffee going. Um, and what are the hours of the drop-in? Is it 24 hours or is it certain days of the week? The drop-in center is um, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, so primarily business hours. And we also have a hot food program. We provide lunches um, to our clients, which we just resumed our second day. Uh, so we provide it Tuesdays and Thursdays every week. And uh, how do people get enrolled in that program to take advantage of that food food program? So for the food program, um, they don't have to they don't have to get enrolled. They just have to bring proof of diagnosis, which that can be like their medication bottle and a photo ID um, to access other services like the case management and housing resources. Um, those would require an intake and are all referral based. Okay. And so we would have to receive a referral from whoever they're receiving medical treatment from. Okay. So are there a lot of people here in Fresno in the Central Valley who have HIV AIDS? Is it a big population that you serve? What are the stats and the numbers? Mm, we see about that are showing up regularly for group, for pantry, for, for those types of, of services. We see about um, between like 25 and 30 clients um, each each day so that would be like 50 clients a week um and then the referrals as far as referrals for like the other resources like housing or and we um, provide uh, short-term rental mortgage and utility assistance as well um i mean we're receiving referrals regularly i would say in a calendar year we serve anywhere between 250 to 350 clients now you have a tell us about your new location yeah so we um have been there for it will be a year in february i believe um and we are right right here in tower at 1330 east olive avenue because um, you used to be over on Belmont, right? Yes, yeah. we used to be at, I believe, 901 okay. Belmont. And okay. we, we were there for, for quite a while. Yeah. And this facility looks, I haven't actually been inside, but it looks a lot nicer than where you were over on Belmont. I know you guys had a lot of problems on Belmont with homeless and crime and things like that. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely an updated facility. You know, it's um, more efficient as far as like the staff and myself. Like we're we're there. We're preparing the meals. We have our pantry there on site. Um, our refrigerators, every everything. Um, so it's it's a it's a it's a good site. You should come by and see. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So tell us how people get in touch with you. So they are welcome to either um, drop by Monday through Friday, like 8 to 5. We are closed for lunch from 12 to 1. Um, or they're welcome to call and connect with myself or one of the staff at 559-486-1469. 
And I see Living Room is on, on Facebook, too. Facebook.com yes, slash yes, The Living Room Fresno. Absolutely, of course. Yeah. And our um, social media... Yes, we're yeah, everybody on does social media now, so I know we don't always think of that as the first contact. Yes, space, and I'm a dinosaur, so that's like yeah, the last thing too, that comes to too. my mind. Um, but yes, we are on both um, Instagram and uh, and Facebook. Okay, great, and we will link to all of your places in our show notes and on our social media as well. As well, and we would like to come back to you guys in a few minutes. We want to talk about the AIDS walk coming up and mm-hmm. what that entails. Um, Michaela, you want to take the next? Yeah, sure. So, okay, friends, we want to remind you, our listeners, that this month, September, is Suicide Prevention Month. And I know that both Chris and I have been personally impacted by the loss of a friend or a loved one due to suicide. And so we wanted to take a minute, a couple minutes, here in the show today to to acknowledge that. there's It's a painful and thorny subject suicide it's obviously awful for the person who makes that decision and it's awful for the people who are left behind and it it deserves to be talked about and not to be ignored a lot of the mental health issues in our country get ignored Uh and this is something that we need to talk about and we need to get rid of the stigma yeah i know kaylee and i were just at a memorial service this weekend for a friend of ours who we lost um and Kaylee has lost others, I've lost others, and I know many of you out there have lost people. What I find so frustrating and what I'm sure everybody finds frustrating is with this recent person that we lost, you know, no clues, no signs. Um, We were talking to people at the memorial service. They didn't see any clues or signs, Um, and that's what makes it really hard because we always say, when someone we lose someone to suicide, um, you know, make sure you reach out to your friends, make sure you connect, which of course is something we want to do. But I, I don't know that there's any signal that people are always giving for suicide. Um, so we have to be aware of if there are signals, we have to be aware of them in our friends and family who maybe are isolating more not talking as much. Kalia, what do you well, think? I think that that comes back to stigma. I, I actually know somebody right now who I am genuinely worried about. And it is very hard for me to find the words to say to this person, I think you're at risk. I think you're masking. I think you're depressed. And I think that you need help. And I don't think you're asking for help. And I I think that there's a lot of reasons why. And I don't know how to help you because you're not letting us help you. And it is one of those things where a lot of times you say after the fact, gosh, we had no idea. And this time, I feel like we have an idea. And I still just feel just as helpless right now. And so do you feel that saying something might be detrimental or do you, or is I it mean, just... I mean, because you don't want to be wrong, right? Because right, nobody right. wants to be accused of not being okay because right. in this country, and, and I don't know, I can't speak for the world, but I know for in this country, we say things like, don't let yourself get sick or take care of yourself or get better soon. As if it's your job to get yourself better. Right. As if it's not a disease that's ravaging your body. And let's be honest, mental health is a disease that is ravaging your mind. And I just, so I don't know. I don't know how to talk to this person and I don't know what I can do. And I feel helpless. And at the same time, I know that they're, they're, my ability to help is limited by people's ability and desire to want help. Like we right. talk all the time and we've put that on our social media, the 988 number. We know right. that that's a thing. People can call for help, but 
in the same way that not everybody feels comfortable calling 911 because we all know that the people who show up might not have your best interests at heart depending on the color of your skin. Mm-hmm. If you dial 988, what happens? Do you get put on a list? Is that going to affect your insurance down the road? Is there going to be a stigma? Right. Is it being tracked in some algorithm? I mean, it's scary. And, and I understand why people don't always reach out and and I, I have no answers. I'm just, I'm just frustrated. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. There, we, none of us have answers. But I wanted, I, when we lost our friend recently, I just, I was totally shocked. And I thought, if I had just two days ago said, let's have a conversation, let's go to lunch, let's do something. Of course, in my mind, I thought it would have made a difference. It may not have. It may not have made any difference. So, but I want people out there who are feeling depressed or feeling sad or feeling lonely to reach out either to this number at 988 or to someone else. Um, You know, those of us in the LGBTQ community, because we know there's a much higher percent of suicide in the LGBTQ community, and especially among teens, um, you know, let it be known to those people around you that you are available to talk. No judgment, no, you don't even have to talk back. You just have to listen. Um, You know, sometimes that's, I, I have done this with people Sometimes long distance, just had one conversation and things have changed. Um, Sometimes they just want to be heard and sometimes they feel so alone. Maybe some of you out there feel so alone that you don't think anybody, you know, you don't matter to anybody, but you do. And we want to help. I'm sure there are people around you that want to help. Just at least have a conversation with somebody. Even if it's not about you, you are having thoughts of suicide, have a conversation about life about where you're going, where you've been, uh, something. I I just think reaching out to someone to have some kind of conversation could make a difference. Definitely. Definitely. And so we, we wanted to also just say a couple things about about the people who are left behind. And that is that when you lose a loved one to suicide, you, you feel a thousand different feelings you feel anger and you feel grief and you feel shame that you couldn't have done more and i just want to say again in case nobody has told you this that those feelings are valid those feelings are super super valid and also that there is help for you too and whether that is using an organization like survivors of suicide loss which actually has they call it a postvention resources so they're things that help you in the aftermath um, or whether it's just reaching out to your community or your friends and connecting with people you don't have to go through that loss alone Um, and it's okay if I know a lot of people feel like an imposter. Well, I wasn't super close. I wasn't best friends. I wasn't the, lo- you know, the supreme loved one, the significant other of this person. But a loss is a loss. And I think a loss of anybody in our community reminds us all that our own life is finite. And it can bring up stuff. It can bring up memories of other losses. Right. And it can bring up you know, other times when we were maybe on the edge ourselves. It, 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 grief is eternal it lasts forever it just ebbs and flows and it's okay to have those feelings and it's okay to reach out for help absolutely so again that that new this is a new national number that you can call it's 988 it's free um there are also other resources like the trevor project for lgbtq teens who are feeling uh desperate we are going to post these links on our website um 
so that you, on our Facebook, uh, so you can have it. Um, and if you ever need help, use that email. It's a queer thing. T H A N G at gmail.com. Reach out to us. If you don't want to talk to us, we'll see if we can hook you up with some help. We'll do whatever we can. This community, by the way, the LGBTQ community in Fresno is huge and it is diverse. And we are all that I, the people I know in the LGBTQ community would all want to step up and help you, even if we don't know you. So please, if, if you need help, reach out to somebody. Okay, we're going to take a quick music break now, and then we're going to be back with Real Pride and Jules from the Fresno AIDS Walk. KFCF Fresno, streaming everywhere at kfcf.org, your commercial-free listener-supported radio station. Dennis filling in for Tiff. Darren Zanyar, do you know, Kurdish Swedish songwriter born in Stockholm, Sweden. Wow, that was good. I like that. Yeah, it was good. The more you know. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for coming back to KFCF 88.1. We are It's a Queer Thing. It's the third Friday of the month, and we are now going to go to a pre-recorded interview. I got to talk to a very important person about a very important thing. That's right, friends. It's real pride. It's coming. It's almost here. It's movies. It's popcorn. It's fun. It's gay as all get out. Let's hear the swoosh and the interview. Can you say your name and how you're connected to Real Pride? Kathleen Arambula-Reyna, Festival Director and Board President of Fresno Real Pride. We are back for Real Pride 33. And last year we did a soft little open post-pandemic at Fresno City College. So we're excited to kind of have a more robust in-person, every, everyone's okay, check-in festival. Okay, so just to get that out of the way, you are at Fresno City College and there's going to be some kind of check-ins. Are you asking people to be vaccination, have proof of vaccination? Last year, we requested people to be vaccinated and we requested people to mask up. This year, we're going to be providing masks. Basically, the policy at Fresno City College now is what we are reflecting, which is we request that you be vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, we're requesting masking. And then, of course, if, if you are showing any signs of illness, we're requesting that you stay home. Fresno City College is where the Pride Festival was held this year. What's it like hosting the festival there as opposed to hosting it in the tower? It is a different vibe in terms of the festival itself. We have a lot of different access to venues or theaters that are phenomenal. This year, we actually have access to the new theater that was renovated or being renovated last year. It is amazing from the seats to the whole vibe. So we're looking forward to that. Now, on the downside, you know, Tower District is definitely a communal space and we are missing that in that respect. But we are also seeing the value of Fresno City College and how they have stepped up for our community time and time again. So can you give me just a little bit of um, information about the lineup and what people can expect? So our programming committee has been keeping a lot of the films very close to their vest. I can tell you that there are maybe three that I want to highlight for you. And there'll be social media drops on some of the other films that we will see as we get closer to the festival dates. One of the movies that we're bringing is Shouting Down Midnight which is about the Texas abortion debate. And that is a documentary. The other movie that we're bringing is a movie called Black As You Are. 
and it's another documentary. It's our presidential pick. So it'll be shown after the Sunday brunch. And it is a documentary that focuses on our African-American community. There are very few films in the last decade that truly focus on African-American queer community. And this is one of them. The director is Michael Rice, and there's a lot of strong messaging, and he hits a lot of topics that can be uncomfortable for some, but very necessary. This is a must-see movie as well, which is why I've chosen it as the presidential pick. We are bringing Michelle Aylin's newest film, and she and a few of her cast members have agreed to come to the festival. So we'll be seeing some stars there from that movie. And I imagine that film will be the women's centerpiece and it'll probably be on a Saturday evening. And then, of course, we have our regular offerings of our men's shorts, our women's shorts, our trans shorts. And most importantly for us, we are still doing our youth film series on Saturday from 1130 until four, where we're going to offer for free to our community youth, youth shorts, a free pizza by Richie's Pizza. And I believe Starbucks is bringing out some dessert for them. And then also we'll do a feature film for them called John, Her Dad and the Tractor, which is a Canadian film. And it is a feel good film that uh, talks about family and how family actually can come back together. And it's, it's a great film for our youth. We are recommending ages 14 and up, but if there are parents that want to bring younger kids to these films, they're age appropriate. We consider them all about PG-13 and everything's free. No one needs a ticket. We do request that if you're bringing a large group of people that you give us a heads up so we can make sure that we can feed everyone. That's Saturday, October 1st. Sometimes in the years past, there's been like an overarching theme for the festival. Is there a theme this year? Back in year 25, we very much wanted to bring in members of our community that we felt that were not represented as much or as, as, as often as they should have been. And we had developed at that point the hashtag films for everyone. And we still maintain that. This is a festival providing films that value and also mirror every letter of our alphabet and more. We're kind of moving past the days of a Hawaiian or a tropical or something like that that they used to do. And we're moving now toward more of a social statement or a social mission and that is ensuring that all of our members are portrayed on the silver screen. And, you know, that's something that we're excited about. You mentioned that there's going to be some social media drops. Where can people find the most up-to-date information? Maybe see trailers, maybe get information about upcoming events, all of those kinds of things. We do have our website up. They can buy memberships on our Real Pride webpage. And there is a calendar of drops that will hit Facebook and Instagram at the same time. If you go to our website, we can be found at www.realpride.com. And I want to make sure we say .com because the .org is a Canadian organization. Okay. We, we get a lot <laughs> of their we get a lot of their info and I very politely say hi you want Canada not the US <laughs> so it's www.realpride.com and obviously real is r-e-e-l and if you go on to Facebook you can find us under Fresno Real Pride and if you go on to Instagram you can find us at Real Pride Fresno 
great. Now, I know you had another thing that you wanted to mention as well. Um, yeah. So this year, we've changed a little bit of our passes. So we're asking that for people who normally buy passes, please take a look at what is included in your pass. We have changed a few of the perks uh, to co- accommodate Fresno City College and, and numbers. So please take a look at that. Uh, make sure you purchase your passes early because we are doing a, a limited number of passes for some of the higher levels. I want to also mention there's another free event for our for our members and the public and that's Saturday, October 1st at 10 a.m. on Fresno City campus in the main fountain. We are going to be offering yoga with Christine Rose and if you come to that yoga event People will get a free movie ticket to see the movie Queering Yoga, which is directed by a local filmmaker. So we are encouraging people to come out, relax, bring bring that anxiety from the week and let it go. And then join us later in the day for a movie. Awesome. Well, is there food and stuff on the campus? So what we're doing for Fresno City for our opening night kickoff is we are catering a the kickoff event with heavy hors d'oeuvres. On Saturday, we will have scheduled some food trucks in that main area. The next day for our Director's Bold and Up Passes, we will be having our champagne brunch. Love and Garlic will be our caterer for that particular event. And then later in the evening, we will be doing a closing night party that we will be inviting all participants, all members to come in, have have a drink, have some appetizers, help us close down another successful year for Real Pride. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you want to make sure you say or... We have a director's preview night. That is September 22nd at 6 p.m. And that is held at the Fresno Art Museum. We invite all director level and up and sponsors to come out and to enjoy food. And then we also show trailers of movies to come. So that's one of the reasons why you're not seeing trailers is they get first look on the 22nd. All right. That was a great interview. Uh, Looking forward to Real Pride this year. If you want more information, we'll post links on our Facebook page. Yep, that we will. So let's now talk about the AIDS Walk. That's also coming up. That's not until November 5th. Is that right, Jules? Yeah, that's right. November 5th this year out at Woodward Park at 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's early. Okay, so tell (laughs) us about the event. (laughs) Well, this is the 11th year of the Fresno AIDS Walk. And... uh, while we while we raise money, which goes with all the money goes to client services, the main purpose is to raise AIDS awareness. A lot of people believe that AIDS is no longer an issue, but AIDS is still out there. AIDS is still kill, killing people. AIDS is still infecting people. So the AIDS walk is meant to raise the awareness of HIV and AIDS in our community and everywhere. Just so everyone knows, this is Jules Mastro. We did not introduce him, but he's joined us on the panel here. Um, let's talk about... Well, first, let's talk about how people enter the AIDS Walk. Let's okay. do that. You can. There's a website, FresnoAidsWalk.org, which you can go to to participate. And now, is this one of those things where I need a team, or can I just show up and You walk? can have a team. Okay. And uh, is this a sponsor thing? And you can get sponsorships to... Uh, to sponsor you for your walk for walking um or you can just just decide to do it on your own 
But, of course, the more money you raise, the more money goes to the living room. And, as I said, those are unencumbered funds, which go to, 100% goes to client services for services that aren't provided through other means, for through grants or anything else. So, um, it's real important that we have that available to us. Uh, throughout the years, money has dwindled greatly in uh, HIV AIDS services. And uh, previously, we used to get a lot of Ryan White funds, which uh, Living Room no longer receives any Ryan White funds. Hmm. Um, so the AIDS walk becomes very, very important. How many people participate? How many teams or, or individual walkers? Well, there's several hundred people okay. that, that participate. And also, too, uh, you can go to that FresnoAidsWalk.org to participate or to sign up to have a booth. Oh. If it's an informational booth, uh, such as a nonprofit organization, those booths are free. If you're going to be actually selling something at the AIDS Walk, th those booths are $20. Okay. Yeah, so let's let's not forget that, you know, it's not just about the AIDS Walk, which is the most important part, but you can also get a lot of information there. There's a lot of people with booze, local nonprofits, local LGBTQ groups. And I have to ask, will there be food? There is... Oh, she's making a Carlene, hand what do you think, there. Carlene? So there, there, there will not be food. Oh. We do provide snacks and and like uh, light, I think, breakfast uh, for for volunteers. It does take. Um, we do rely heavily on on volunteers. Don't to you guys provide like fresh fruit after the walk? So people, that's what I've has been in the past. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. nuts or something. Yeah, that's not but food. as far as okay. yeah. <laughs> it's not a buffet. Okay, yeah. She said snacks. <laughs> snacks. Water, and, water and coffee. Okay. <laughs> Water and coffee is Water available. and coffee will get okay. you walking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, but as far as food trucks or food vendors, we uh, we, we don't have, we won't There's have There's also that. a lot of entertainment. A lot of groups, local groups, are um, provide entertainment. I think the entertainment lasts about an hour, usually full of entertainment after the walk is over with. Okay. And we have awards, the awards ceremonies for, for the walkers. And how far is this walk? Two miles? Mm -hmm. Two miles. Oh. Yeah, it's not bad. We've done it. And yeah, yeah and they, they get a lot of people out there. I think you carried my child the last I one we did. I did, did yes, carry your did. child the last one we did. <laughs> um, so, Jules, I wanted to talk a little bit about Toni Harrison. Um, we lost her. This is, this is the first AIDS walk without her, right? Right. We yeah. lost her in uh, July of uh, 2021. Yeah. And... Uh, I first met Tony back in the day AOL America Online was a big deal. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and there was a lot of chat rooms in there. And I happened to, at the time, I was the director of the living room. And I happened to go in there just looking for an HIV group. And I found one. Um, people, although the chat room was it's a 24-hour chat room the heaviest traffic was in the morning time hmm. and there was a group of people that would go in in the morning time have coffee together online and one of the people that was more colorful was tony uh -huh. <laughs> and although she was not hiv positive she was an ally Mm -hmm. She was also a 
social worker for Riverside County, and she became the unofficial case manager for many of the people in the AOL HIV AIDS chat room. Uh, Tony and I became friends online, and I was down in Southern California, down in Burbank, attending an Office of AIDS uh, working group conference. And Tony said, well, why don't you come down to my office and we'll go have dinner? And I said, okay, how far is it? Oh, it's not far at all. (laughs) So I drove, and I drove, and I drove, and I drove, and finally I arrived. We We had a really nice time. We became quick friends, and we started visiting back and forth. Tony learned a lot about the living room. She had a dream of wanting to be a HIV case manager. What year was this? This was in the, oh, I'd say about 98, 99. Okay, okay. And uh, we have been going for a few years. Uh, within the next couple of years, like I said, Tony and I were fast friends. She was... She was very committed to people with HIV AIDS. She and, was, yeah. And she wanted to do something. Uh, about 2000, 2000, 2001, I had an opening for a case manager at the living room, and the first person I thought of was Tony. And, of course, she had a secure job as, as a supervisor, uh, as a social work supervisor for Riverside County. And I thought, uh, I don't know if she's going to take this job. This is just a little nonprofit. Well, I called her, and she, yes, right away. Wow. So she sold her house in Southern California. Her and her daughter and her mother came to Fresno, and uh, Tony and her daughter stayed with me, and her mother stayed with my mother <laughs> <laughs> until she found she found a house. She immediately fit right into the living room. Yeah, uh, yeah. Her and I became mom and dad over there and uh, she had a passion. She had a drive. Um, She had found a place where it was her home. Um, She went the extra mile for clients. Yeah, yeah. Now she could could also say no. And I, I heard the B word used more than once. Right. Regarding her, but she was from New York. And she, <laughs> she's she from be, New York. <laughs> she was. She can be kind of testy at times. I remember when uh, we had the LGBTQ center in the tower, and you know, anytime uh, Tony and I would call back and forth all the time and contact each other about different things that we needed, or if, ki- if people came in that were HIV positive, and I could refer, or she could refer. She was always right there, and she was like one of the main contacts in the community. Mm-hmm. And you guys ended up hosting the AIDS walk together, right? Well, no. I mean, actually, um, when I was there, we used to do a luau every okay. year uh, as a fundraiser. And then... Oh, there's the food that Kalia wanted. Yeah, yeah well, that was lots of food. Bring that back. <laughs> lots of good food. <laughs> but it was very expensive. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Okay. and um, they were... Westcare, we merged with Westcare in the early 2000s. Yeah. And basically what happened was... We had plenty of grants. We had a lot of grants, but we didn't have any administrative money. Right. And doing my projections, 
I saw that within the next year or two, we were going to start running red ink. Yeah. And nobody watched you if you're running red ink. Yeah. Right. Because nobody watched your debt. So we started reaching out, and Westcare stepped up to the plate. Sean Jenkins, who is still running Westcare California. Uh, I think I stayed on for about a year as director. And, you know, it's really difficult when you've been the boss to actually work for somebody else and have to take their directions. <laughs> Boy, I hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and also, there was just some other things going yeah. on. So, well, I mean, I, I just we 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 really miss Tony. But what's important when we lose people like Tony or Jeff Robinson this year is that other people are stepping up to take up the work, and the work is still out there. So, if you want to participate in the AIDS Walk. We will. Um, there's a Facebook page. We're back to those Facebook pages, and there's a website. It's what's the website again, Jules? It's FresnoAidsWalk.org. FresnoAidsWalk.org, and you can find it on Facebook too. So I think we're going to go to a little music interlude now, and then we'll come back after the song. Pop artist nearing body to body. You know there is a video that goes with that, uh-huh. and they describe <laughs> it as a psychedelic journey through the party in my head. We don't have mm. time to talk about your psychedelic journeys out there. But. No, no, you don't really. But I don't. I just want you to know, Dennis, there are usually music videos that go with songs or so. Although, I mean, not every song. So I'm with you, Dennis. I'm going to look I'm, up if it's a, if it's a, a body, psychedelic one. I'm looking it up. Well, it's called Body to Body, so it's probably not safe for work. So save that for later. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> it is now time for... Our segment, Good News and Bad News, where we talk about, well, good news and bad news. Yeah, things we like, things we don't like. Are you going to Are go? you going first? Are you, <laughs> you go first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have some good news. Okay. I'm the optimist. I have good news, too. Okay. 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 Well, I also have bad news. I do, too. Okay. I have mixed news. <laughs> oh, I don't have any mixed news. <laughs> well, start I know me. where my opinion stands. <laughs> okay. My good news is Patagonia. Do you know Patagonia? Do you own uh, any it, Patagonia? It's a restaurant, isn't it? No. No, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no it's you're a clothing at, store. I was going to say, you're the wrong kind of gay. Yes, Patagonia, the outdoor apparel company. Ah. Uh, the founder and his family have transferred their ownership. It's valued at about $3 billion, with a B oh dollars. Oh, my God. To a specially designed trust and a nonprofit organization, which are created to preserve the company's independence and ensure that all of its profits, $100 million given take a year are used to combat climate change and protect undeveloped land around the globe a hundred percent of their profits yeah is that what you said yeah how do they stay in business they're, if they're giving away all their profits? They're they're basically they're so rich they can give away yes. all their profits from now on. All right, well, basically, good for them. Good yeah. for them. Isn't that cool? That's so, cool. That's good news. I mean, it's kind of like a drop in the bucket of what we need, but it's a really good thing, anyways, and it's a okay, lot yeah. of money. What? Oh. Ding, ding, ding. Oh. Yes. Okay. It is. It is good news. (laughs) Um, It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I, yeah, it's all good. I still think it's a restaurant somewhere. I bet you it is. Patagonia. Patagonia. So my good news is to talk about, and we've talked about it on the show before, but I want to talk about it again, Quistry, because we had a panel last night that really was amazing. If you didn't get there, 
we will be end up posting it a couple, two, three months down the road on our website. But last night was Finding Community. We've done two so far. These are free community panel talks. First one was about uh, Stonewall Pride and Fresno Pride. Second one, which was last night, was Finding Community about, you know, um, us trying to connect with the LGBTQ community wherever we are. We have five more coming up. I just want to mention them. Empresses and Emperors of the Valley is the next one. It's on Saturday, October 1st from 2 to 3.30. These all take place at the EOC LGBTQ Resource Center at 1252 Fulton Street in Fresno, California. The one after that is called Fighting for Our Survival. It's about HIV AIDS activism from 1980s until now. Then we have Intersectional Pride and Queer Futures, which is a public panel with Hmong, Black, and Latinx, and LGBTQ2 and Two-Spirit people coming together to talk about their experiences in the community. We have Loving Our Community after that, which is uh, about trans, non-binary, and Two-Spirit community building in the Central Valley. And then the last one is Pride on Our Campuses, which is just what it is, what it seems to be, which is uh, pride that has sprung up through our uh, universities and campuses, uh, city colleges, and high schools uh, around the area. We'll have uh, a GSA person on the show and other people to talk about that. So these are all free. Uh, if you go to quistryfresno.org, you can find it. Oh, um, and uh, we have a Facebook page, too. Um, we have some food and drinks out. We, you guys can ask questions of people, and they're really uh, we're videotaping them, but not the audience. You can come in the audience. You won't get videotaped. So if you're like, you know what I need more in my life? I need more Chris voice in my life. These are, these are ways that we can get more of your voice. Are you on these panels? I'm not on the panels. I'm moderating four of them, and Catherine Faubert, who has been on the show, is moderating three of them. Okay. Okay. Very cool. All right. What's your bad news? Okay. I'll, bum, I'll scroll. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Yeah, where's your goat sound? <laughs> I know, I don't have my goat. Next time we'll have okay. a goat sound. Here's my bad news. Earlier this month, a federal district court in Texas held that a Christian employer is entitled to an exemption from the, from the requirement that all insurance plans must cover pre-exposure prophylactics, a.k.a. PrEP, drugs that prevent the spread of HIV. So this is kind of like the exception from the Affordable Care Act mandatory con um, contraceptive coverage that the Supreme Court granted to that Hobby Lobby case. Mm -hmm. Remember back in mm -hmm. 2014? Right. It actually, though, goes much further. So if upheld, and we're really hoping it's not, this ruling would exempt any employer who refuses to provide any health care coverage of any kind on the ground that medical insurance encourages people to rely on medical science, not religious faith, what in planning the their hell lives. Did you just say? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Read that part again, because okay. that's stunning to <laughs> well, me if I heard it the, right. The claim is that providing PrEP drugs encourages homosexual behavior, prostitution, sexual promiscuity, and As if we drug need use. encouragement. Give this me a This is break. behavior people believe goes against the okay. Bible. Um, so yeah. if they don't want to provide health care based on the homosexual side of it, yep. they don't have to provide health care to anybody. Yeah, and they're, they're basically citing that 2020 um, Supreme Court case where Alito said that if an employer has a, quote, sincere religious belief that compliance with the law makes it complicit, then it requires that that belief to be honored. So, yeah, we're really hoping that this gets struck down because yeah. it opens up a very dangerous precedent. Yeah, and I agree. I want it uh, um, taken down. But 
the one thing I'll say is that if you're going to deny services to us in the gay community, then you should des- deny services to everybody else. That's how change happens when the straight community realizes, oh, our lives are affected too because we're discriminated against other people. That's what needs to happen to make things change. I mean, it was a predominantly straight community. It was, was affected by the contraceptive laws, and it, that still went through. So It did, but, I mean, it takes a long time for people to realize that things are affecting them. Let's look at the abortion thing. Oh, um, yeah. I know. got that over here on my mixed news, okay, my we'll, good bad we'll news. Okay, save that for you. So let me hear your bad news. My bad news is, Lindsay, I'll meet you in the men's room, Graham, this oh, week. Wait, he's in my mix. Oh, okay. is he? Okay, well, how ahead. could he not be? This scumbag who's from South Carolina is introducing an abortion ban bill for anyone 15 weeks of pregnancy afterwards cannot get an abortion. Go ahead, what? It is a national Yeah, oh yeah, federal. That's sorry, federal. That's key. What's really weird and sick about this is that the Republicans have been screaming for years that they wanted the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade so that it could be turned back to the states. And now that it is turned back to the states, Miss Lindsay, I'll meet you in the parking lot, Graham, is going to say now that we need a federal ban across the country to just not to take state rights away and give it back to the federal government. Okay, so this is why it's mixed because a lot of Republicans are not jumping on this bandwagon because some it is are. T- some are, but not all. Marco, that, get me wet. Rubio is, sta- is jumping because on because it does take it away from the states and put it back into the federal. The other thing is that interestingly enough, a Fox News poll conducted in September, released Wednesday, so really recent, found that 57 percent of voters support legal abortion in all or most cases, which is a 13 point jump from May. Right. The same survey showed that voters' opposition to that Dobbs decision has mm-hmm. only grown in the months that it came out, and this approval is outweighed by nearly two-to-one margin. The survey found that among voters who see abortion as a chief concern, 56% said they would back the Democrat in their House district versus 27% who would choose the Republican. So this Lindsey Graham thing might potentially bite them all in the butt and we could no. hopefully yes. sweep the, well not sweep, but definitely pull out a No, uh, I totally agree with thing. that. Look what happened in Kansas. So, um, uh, But Lindsay spread me over the trunk <laughs> of your car, Graham. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's a scumbag. And for anyone out there that says I'm going after him being the most closeted person in the world, I am. Because you can come out on your own terms, but if you're a politician in D.C. and you are voting on the rights of LGBTQ people, and you were in the closet at 110 or however the hell old he is, then it's a disgrace. He should be out of the closet. He People should know that he's gay so that he's not allowed to be this hypocrite. And I will say, yes, this could have the opposite effect. It could get uh, more women out to vote, more Democrats out to vote, because... You know, the this plain fact is that most people in the country want legal abortion. Yes. You know, with, of course, some restrictions like we had before. Yes. So they want that. So it could bite them in the butt, and I'm hoping it does. But the real sick thing about Lindsay, I'll meet you in the bathroom, Graham, is that he is um, doing this for one reason and one reason only, to subvert that, yeah. to try and get... Um, the Democrats to lose the election. It's not about abortion rights or anything. He's doing it like they do all their BS. He's doing it so that they can say, hey, we stood up. 
for you, and we stood up for those that want to have abortions, so you can still come vote for us. It's all about politics. It's all about politics, except right here where it's all about queer, because it's a queer thing, and that is about the end of our show. Speaking of queer, Lindsay, I'm a queer Graham. Oh, sorry, I'm just saying. (laughs) I just think it's funny that I got bleep last time because I accidentally cursed, and you get to be really graphic over there. I'm not cursing. That's okay. (laughs) Lindsay put my legs in the air, Graham. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dennis. Okay, so you can stream our show, of course, at kfcf.org. We are on Facebook at It's a Queer Thing on Facebook. You can email us at it's a queer thing at gmail.com. We are now, thankfully, yay, in all of your podcast players, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, you know, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. So the episode is released in a couple days after it goes live without the music because we don't have the licensing rights, but you can listen to it anytime you want. Watch our Instagram for the QR code so that you can do that. And, of course, remember to support the station kfcf.org to donate one time or set up something monthly. Okay, Chris, what's your quote? My quote for this month is being gay is not a lifestyle, it's a life. My quote is, who says my dreams have to just stay my dreams? Said by the Little Mermaid Ariel. And it doesn't matter what color she is. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) If you guys haven't seen it, go online and watch the video of all the young black girls seeing the new black Ariel in the new movie and their faces. It's it's amazing and it'll warm your heart. We thank you for joining us. We will see you next time.